This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. We've got a very special guest with us today. I'm very excited about this particular uh, episode. It's not only uh, something that I'm passionate about, that I uh, I believe in, and really even I, I preach quite often about. Uh, we've got uh, Brother Hunter uh, Dobson with us, uh, an exceptional man of God. I'm very excited. Uh, again, uh, so Brother Dobson, why don't you just tell our listeners a bit about your ministry, about yourself, and where you are right now. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Brother Brandon. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to do this today, um, and thank you so much for everything that you do um, with, with the body and all putting all the tremendous content out there and everything. So this is a this is a high honor for me for sure. Um, it's amazing the technology that we have now, where uh, I could be in Louisiana and you can be up in the Northeast country, <laughs> and, uh, and we're able to still do this kind of stuff. So it's uh, amen. It's, it's, High honor for sure. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so my name is Hunter Dobson, um, licensed minister, uh, evangelist with the United Pentecostal Church International. Um, I'm based out of Brobridge, Louisiana, uh, which is where I'm coming from here today. Uh, out of Brother Jonathan Haygood's church, um, powerful, powerful apostolic church here uh, in the central, southern central Louisiana, right in the heart of Cajun country. Um, I am a, uh, I'm married, I have a wife, uh, her name is Morgan. Uh, she is, uh, tremendous. She is, uh, she actually just flew out the other day. She uh, had to be, uh, at a, a meeting up in the Dallas area, but, um, but yes, uh, a graduate of Texas Bible college. Um, uh, I was student body president there, uh, just a tremendous, uh, time there and, uh, currently, uh, basing out of the church here in Brobridge, um, and uh, have a passion for to see apostolic uh, ministry and to see revival in this uh, in, in these end times here. Uh, we're living in a very unique uh, unique time, and, um, and I, I think that uh, some of what we're going to talk about today is going to be crucial uh, for uh, bringing that forth. Uh, you know, towards towards the, the as we start to wind up this thing here and get close to the rapture of the church for sure. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, <laughs> and I'm sure the, uh, the, the listeners are looking at the title of this episode and they're saying, what in the world are you talking about? You know, we're, and, and so the factories of the five fold ministry. And so the question I'm sure is what, what, why would you call it a factory? Well, uh, not necessarily to say that every particular instance would be a cookie cutter uh, situation or circumstance, but that you know every single church has not only the ability, but I would even say the responsibility to facilitate growth in in the lives of those in the church. So every single church, I believe, has. The fivefold ministry potential. So, and 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 after our conversation, uh, preliminary, uh, you know, uh, Brother Dobson feels the same way, and he's he's very passionate about it. So, I want him to just talk to us a little bit about what what what's on his heart. Absolutely. So, so 
to to do this. Uh, this was I, I mentally began to think to myself, and I was saying to myself and praying and saying, you know what, what is it going to take? You know, and I even looked at the title of this podcast, this is Apostolic Theory, and I was like, wow, this is. A, I really feel like. So I'm thinking to myself, what is the the theory? If I could put that into a good term, there of what is what can bring about apostolic revival in 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 the in the end times here. So I think that probably one of the most crucial things that is that is I believe that the organ the apostolic movement is really starting to grab a hold of now because they're seeing the biblical model of it. Um, probably more so than they have before. Not to say that we've done anything wrong before, but I think that it's uh, just becoming more prevalent. And, um, you know, whenever we say the five-fold ministry, obviously that's not technically what you would consider a, a biblical term. You're not going to see the, the, the term five-fold ministry put out in the Bible when we talk about the five-fold ministry. Um, you know, of course, we're talking about Ephesians 4 um, in, in chapter, uh, yeah, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter number 4, and uh, verse number 11, when he says, when it says that he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So when I talk about the fivefold ministry, it's, it's different than what we would say an, an operating in a, a gifting of it. So obviously you have the five. You have the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. Um, to kind of to take a little bit from uh, Brother Lee Stone King, he actually has a tremendous book on this, this subject that I highly recommend. Um, it's probably one of the first books I read. Uh, when I, after I really started feeling the calling to preach as a teenager, um, it's the, the Fivefold Ministry of Spiritual Insights uh, by Lee Stone King. Just a, it's a very simple read. You can, you can read it in a couple hours, uh, but it's powerful. It's some powerful content in there. But part of what he puts into that book is he names it this way: is that the apostles um, are the, are governed. They are the ones who govern. So they are obviously kind of making sure that everything's able to flow. And then you have the prophets who guide, you have the pastors who guard, the evangelists gather, and the teachers ground. So each of those have obviously different functions and offices that they flow in. However, we have to understand that there's a difference between working in the office of an apostle or the office of a prophet or the office of a pastor, evangelist, teacher, rather than operating in the function of it. For instance, um, if a, past, a pastor can be a pastor of a church, uh, but at the same time, as Paul instructed Timothy to do, to do the work of, a, of an evangelist, you know, even as a pastor of the church, that pastor can still do the work of the evangelist, even as a pastor, praying people through the Holy Ghost, witnessing the people, inviting people to church. That's still something that can that can take place. When at the same time, that that same pastor. Who could be a pastor here in the could be or I'm sorry, could be an evangelist in North America, could at the same time be an apostle or a prophet overseas somewhere. And the results or the harvest that they're gonna gain between those two different areas are gonna be widely different. Um, for instance, you uh, you look at brother uh, 
Brother Mark Morgan, uh, who is actually our, the bishop of our church. He's my pastor's pastor. Um, he uh, he operates on um, a different different scale, I would say, than than what than a normal uh, man of God was because of his he has a different calling, he has a different function. So while the church in San Francisco that he pastors isn't necessarily what we would consider a large church. Um, I believe that there is a weight that he carries uh, within that city and within uh, and within that region where he's at. He's located in the San Francisco Bay Area, which we all know the San Francisco Bay Area is uh, widely known as you know a homosexual capital and uh, has you know a very very dark city when it comes to, uh, to to sin. But it's also a gateway to China. Um, and you know, I, I personally believe that you know that Brother Mark Morgan uh, is, is an apostle to China. Uh, he's been over there several times, and he operates on uh, a different scale there, where you know the church in China uh, would you know have a you know has a constituency of thousands and thousands of people that are worshiping underground that we just never see. And, and at the same time, he can also go to a conference or uh, because of the times or, or, or a general conference on a mass scale and there can be mass healings. But at the same time, he, he, he would go back to his field of labor as a as a pastor and still function in that role as well. So it's different when you start talking about the different functions and the different offices, whereas also, as we always know, as many of us have been before, we, we can operate in that gift of prophecy as well. Um, but that does not necessarily make us a prophet. Um, there is only one man who I've ever, uh, who I, I can even think of in our ranks, at least, uh, that has ever, I would be considered a prophet and, uh, by the organization at large, and that was Brother T.W. Barnes. Um, Brother T.W. Barnes, I think, unanimously across the board, everyone would say that's a prophet of God. He would never call himself that. Um, but he, but that was the office that he operated in. And that's just one example. Um, you, you look at Billy Cole, Billy Cole pastored here in North America for a little while, but he, but, did he, but we don't ever really think of Billy Cole in North America. We think of Billy Cole overseas. We think of the Ethiopia crusade and Thailand. And, um, we, we think of the powerful, uh, powerful ranks there. So there's many different, different ways that this, can be uh, kind of explained in, in regards to um, the different functions of the fivefold ministry, but at the same time, um, I think that is uh, as you what you were talking about earlier uh, to kind of preface the call here, or the conversation here today, um, is that you know when it is the church's responsibility to have fivefold ministry um, in in function. For instance, um, the church here in Brobridge, uh, my pastor. Uh, he's the first thing he was voted in 12 years ago. Uh, we've only been located in Brobridge for um, about four years now. Uh, before then, we were uh, I was out of the Houston area. Uh, my uncle is, is a brother Rob McKee. I was with him for a long time, uh, and then also grew up under the ministry by the James Kilgore in Houston as well. Um, so I have a, a t- tremendous and very grateful lineage and spiritual spiritual heritage. Uh, to kind of glean from. So I'm very fortunate, very blessed in that, that regard. Um, but for, for an instance, the, for here in Brobridge, there's, there's so much spiritual warfare and there's so much, um, there's so, there's so much spiritual warfare and things that happen within this area. Um, 
the I-10 corridor being a very uh, very specific part of that. There's been many prophecies about the I-10 corridor uh, that have been prophesied for for years. Uh, whether that's from you know you know going back to Azusa Street, uh, or whether that's just going through uh, for you know for over the last little while as well. Um, there's been there's been key areas here. When you have New Orleans to uh, we have New Orleans to our uh, east. And we have Houston to our west, <laughs> and uh, in between here, we're kind of a hub. So there's a lot of spiritual activity that happens here. So I said all that to say this, um, that the first thing that my pastor did whenever he uh, became pastor here in Brobridge is that he established fivefold ministry. It's the very first thing that he, he, he did. Um, and, uh, one of our, uh, a couple, he had the, uh, there was a few men of God that had passed on, uh, his former pastors was Brother Merle Ewing. The prophet was Brother George Guy. Both of them have gone on to be with the Lord. Um, but uh, the people that we have in place now, and I don't think this is any any secret, we, we webcast and live stream, and we say this all the time, um, we have different uh, people who are not necessarily resident um, apostles or prophets, pastors and teachers. Um, obviously, we have a resident pastor. <laughs> um, but we don't necessarily have them here all the time, but we do have them that cover us. Uh, we have Brother uh, Scott Benwall, who's the uh, who's the prophet to our church. Uh, we have Brother Greg Godwin, who is the teacher to our church. Brother David Smith uh, is the evangelist to our church. And uh, obviously Brother Mark Morgan is the apostle to our church, with obviously my pastor being a pastor. There's And something that, something that we have noticed uh, over time is that Whenever we go, we, I say we, us as apostolics, whenever we go to a conference or a camp meeting, whenever we go to Because of the Times or General Conference, we, the reason why there is such a dynamic breakthrough that happens in those services is because of the giftings and the offices that are present. We have every function of the fivefold ministry that's, that's operating there. So um, to kind of give an illustration, um, I, I believe that the fivefold ministry is the right hand of God, um, where you have the apostle, the pastor, the teacher, the, the you know the evangelist, and the, uh, the prophet. Um, so that would be what I would consider to be the right hand of God. However, in Scripture, we have different mentions of the finger of God or the hand of God moving in on a situation. On a situation, excuse me. Um, and you, you have what I believe is laid out is when you see the different uh, manifestations of the finger of God or the hand of God in scripture, I believe that's what's considered to be his left hand. Uh, you see mentions in, uh, in to, uh, to law, you have the miraculous creation, deliverance, and judgment, all different instances where the finger of God comes into place. Um, and so whenever you have, we go into a specific service, a camp meeting or a conference, and all those offices are a demonstration. There's a reason why we see such supernatural breakthrough. Number one, there's unity. But the Teclamarian, who is the, the chief person of the Ethiopian revival, um, said, in order to have revival on that mass scale, you have to don't, you don't pray for revival. you got to pray for unity. And because it is vital that when the fivefold ministry is there, that they operate in that unity. Um, and so whenever the fivefold ministry operates in that unity and the right hand of God and the government, the power, the, 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 
service. There's a reason that comes together. It's because we're doing things and following after the biblical model that God put in place. Um, God put this biblical model in place for a reason. Um, there is a, uh, there, there's a there's a reason why there was a significant breakthrough and revival all throughout the book of Acts. It's because it's the original church model. And if you use that original church model and you transfer it over into the 21st century, there is, it, it's unprecedented manner than what can happen. And so it's the church's responsibility chiefly to make sure that we are producing not only fivefold ministry. Because you know what? Another thing you'll notice is there'll be a lot less spiritual chaos in a given church if fivefold ministry is in effect, because there is a covering that comes into place there. You're doing things according to God's model. If there is a pastor that's trying to fulfill and trying to function purely, and he's trying to fulfill all five offices, that pastor is going to be burnt out, and that pastor is going to, to fall and it's going to it's going to burn out and it's going to wear himself out throughout the course of trying to cover all those offices into one person. That now I think that we as an organization tried to do that for too long of a time, uh, but I think that that is thankfully going away. <laughs> uh, where it's where one man might, like I said, might be able to operate in all five different offices in different situations, or might operate in those particular functions in certain situations. But for a specific church, for one man to try to fulfill the the office of all five offices of the fivefold ministry. One, I believe is unscriptural. And two, you're opening yourself up to spiritual attack because it's unscriptural. God put this into place so that we can be unified into the knowledge of the faith. The Bible says it's, it's for the perfecting of the saints. It's for the work of the ministry. It's for the edifying of the body of Christ. And this is all done till we all come into the unity of the faith. So, it, it makes sense. And so the reason why we have to see this and we have to put this in place is because it's the biblical model. Um, and if, if, if we don't, you know, the, it's going to, we're going to, we're going to burn ourselves out. We're going to be spinning our wheels. Um, but I think that personally, it is the uh, responsibility of every church to establish a fivefold ministry. Um, you know, and obviously we have the, the tradition of the apostolic movement as a whole, uh, has largely become uh, we're really comfortable <laughs> with saying pastors and teachers and evangelists because that's something that we can kind of I guess you know put our put our fingers on or put our hands on per se um, or we can kind of better explain it because that's something that we you know a pastor is obviously going to be the pastor of a church a teacher we can tell a God-given teacher. We can tell that Raymond Woodward is a God-given teacher. Yeah. <laughs> we can tell that Brother, that Brother Ron Wolford uh, is a God-given teacher. Uh, we can say, you know, Brother Greg Godwin, same thing. You can say that these type situations are, you know, it's, it's evident. You can obviously tell that people like Victor Jackson, people like Landon Gore, people like uh, David Smith, uh, Lee Stunking, you can say, you can absolutely see that they operate in that office of the evangelist. However, you also have to say at the same time that those are the ones that we can obviously put our fingers on. However, in those certain scenarios, those um, men of God can also transition and operate in a, a prophetic tongue or, or, a, or a, uh, an, an apostle um, within a specific region. Uh, which would give them the authority in that area 
um, go back and watch uh, Landmark, um, Land- Landmark Conference in Stockton, California, um, from earlier this year, and Brother Jack Cunningham. Brother Jack Cunningham does not preach. <laughs> the, the power of God comes in there in a strong way, and he just begins to operate. He begins to grab this person, and he begins to grab this individual, and he begins to grab these group of people, and he is forming. He's telling stories, and he's evangel, and he's you know obviously evangelistic by nature by the way he's doing. But he is governing. He is telling this person, "You need to go here." Hey, brother, brother Kleinitz was there. Brother Kleinitz, I need you to speak the word of faith. Uh, brother Robinette, I need you to come over here and pray for these people. I need you to stand over here. It is just a. I've, I've never seen the operate more beautifully than I saw it that night um, because it, that is exactly he operated that night in the role of an apostle. But Brother Cunningham was a pastor in, in, in Virginia. That's just the Bible World Church in Virginia. And But in that moment, in that particular instance, he was fulfilling that office of the apostle in that particular service because that was, that was what he was brought in there to operate and be in that office. So, um, I hope that kind of is making sense here to kind of uh, to kind of I guess round out the first little uh, little segment here. Before I, I I guess I need to ask you know, ask more questions before I just keep rambling on. <laughs> no, this is this is this is tremendous. Um, you know, and <clears throat> you you mentioned that you know our, our movement um, has difficulty. Uh, placing the prophet or even identifying, you know, the prophet. And, I, you know, <laughs> some of that has to do with people, this 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 movement that happened several years uh, back in maybe a decade or so ago, where you had this, uh, what was it? I think it might have been called the Lateran movement. Um, but you had, you had these people that were self-proclaiming to be apostles and self-proclaiming to be prophets. And here's the thing. You know, they 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 were just so off kilter and off base with all of with not only not only the base of what they were you know teaching and, and preaching about, but ah, those prophecies were just not they they didn't come to fruition, and so it put this sort of bad taste in a lot of people's mouths when you talk about apostles and prophets, and so. Obviously, we're apostolic. We're Pentecostal. We believe the Word of God is the Word of God. If we truly believe that, and we do, we've got to allow ourselves to be the body of Christ that God has called us to be. And that absolutely has to include the apostle and the prophet. And you and and, and I liked how you just beautifully laid all of that out and and just it, it it's so well put together and i mean i gotta tell you that w- it was incredible and uh and it's really eye-opening and it sort of puts it into not only our, our perspective but a biblical perspective yes sir so um keep, keep on brother keep on going whatever else you've got yes. let's hear it so yeah i do want to address that as well because I do know that that is a reason why <laughs> a lot of people are on the back burner when it comes to uh, discussing this type of stuff. So I think that that particular fear, yes, when it comes to the latter rain movement, in fact, in that book that I was discussing, um, Brother Stone King actually gets into that a little bit. And he talk, starts talking a little bit about that. Um, but 
think that the danger and that the, the, the bad part that the latter rain movement and that even there are certain people who even were apostolics among us uh, for for many years and they have gone off in left field and you know saying that God told them to leave their wife or you know that God or that uh, you know an angel came to them and said that they deserve to commit adultery or uh, you know that they they were told to go off and do it I, I'm telling you this
watch for your souls, that they're going to give an account one day to God on behalf of you, that they, that, that they cover. So we need that covering. And there's, there's different principles and different things in the Bible. The first thing that comes to mind is that um, is Moses in, um, when he was uh, about to go on to Mount Sinai. Um, so Moses, so God instructs Moses to go on Mount Sinai to go and get the law. Well, God said for the people, the people could not go onto that mountain. Uh, otherwise he was going to kill them. But the thing was, is that God did not set the parameters. God told Moses to set the parameters and he would honor it. So that is what we have to kind of put into effect in to nowadays is that you might feel a calling of God. God very well might be telling you to go do such and such. He may tell you to go prophesy this to somebody. He may tell you to go set China on fire. He may tell you to go do whatever the case may be. But if that man of God is looking at your situation as the covering over your soul, you and the covering over your, your family's life, and you go up to that person and you decide to touch that mountain, even though the man of God told you not to, there's going to be there's going to be some judgment that's going to come into play there. And that's that other finger. That's the other hand of God that comes into play there. While at the same time, God, God can be writing the law on Mount Sinai and doing what he's told to do. But if someone were to touch that mountain, God's going to come down. He's going to respond in judgment to that situation. So, um, so there has to be a level of, of accountability, uh, with, within the fivefold ministry as well. Um, so that to avoid, getting off into the errant ways. Um, another thing uh, that, that we have to, to watch out for is that um, even even when it comes down to this, and and I'm, I'm a big proponent of this, and, and I, but, it, but it has to be done correctly, and that is fasting. We, we, you have to fast. We, we have to, especially nowadays, God, it, these kind, these kind not come, not out, but by prayer and fasting, it has to come forth. Uh, so, we, so obviously the prayer and the fasting has to, has to take place. But if you go into an extended fast or you go into a seven day, 10 day, even a 21 day fast or a 40 day fast, which is, which is out there and not something I recommend, something my pastor personally does not recommend as well. I know there are men of God out there who have done it. Um, and that's fantastic and, it, and it's wonderful and they've seen tremendous results from it. Um, but, but whenever you go into a fast or whenever you decide that you're going to go in and take territory, you better be sure that you have a man of God or someone in your corner who's going to be covering you and is going to be watching and is going to be praying for you and being sure that this is in place. Because this is how the fivefold ministry was designed to operate. That, you know, the body is designed to heal itself and even though the fivefold ministry is for the perfecting of the saints and for the for the work of the ministry and for the body, the fivefold ministry, from a certain from a certain function standpoint as well, is also part of the body. So that is when we have to rely on our brothers and our sisters in Christ to be able to lift us up and to be able to to encourage us and to be able to to bring forth that um, into fruition. So. So, yes, there is definitely something that, that would take place there. And I've seen it happen on both ends of the spectrum. I've been in, I've been in services before um, I'm, where I'm thinking of one right now from when I was in Bible college uh, where the spirit of God is moving in there 
it's right, it's, it's real, God's touching hearts and changing lives, and then the person gets up behind the pulpit and shuts it down. In that particular instance, that is not what God wanted in that situation, but the man of God who's in that appropriate, who's in that was going to have to answer to God based on whatever he did there. Um, so that's when we have to kind of defer to, um, to, to authority whenever that comes into fruition because um, it was just shut down. And on the other hand, I've seen it get wild and crazy and people are saying they're seeing angels and seeing things come out and, and, and things that are, they're saying are of God or, or the devil. And it's, it's not of God at all. So there is two opposite ends of the spectrum there where we do have to really be careful um, on, you know, being sure to bounce that up, but it has to come down to accountability. We have to have someone in our lives who's going to hold us, who's going to have veto power in our lives. Um, and the fivefold ministry has to be accountable to one another um, in, a, in a particular service. Um, you know, uh, my, for instance, I, I can tell right now my pastor, he has, uh, he has a microphone <laughs> right next to his chair um, in, in service uh, where if someone is up there saying something, and he's, uh, let me just say, he's never rebuked anybody, never done anything like that before. Uh, so just kind of put that away from <laughs> but, uh, but he does have a microphone there in case he does feel something in a particular, in a particular service. So if an evangelist or, a, or if someone's up there and operating in the role, um, you know, of a prophet or operating in the role, um, you know, in a, in, a, in a prophetic way or an evangelistic way, um, you know, but he feels to add something to that. He has the right to scripturally um, in, in that service where that evangelist has to put that microphone down and defer over to him and say, OK, whatever you say, sir, this is you are the chief rank in, within the service. And, and this has to this has to come. Uh, you know, I have to defer to you and whatever you're feeling here. Um, and I think, well, many of us have been in services like that before where uh, the pastor um, of the church has came up and has, and has put that forth, um, you know, to add something to the service um, and, uh, in that regard. So, uh, but yes, that's, uh, I guess, a little bit addressing a little bit of the, the there is craziness out there. Yeah. I've, seen, <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen people, the, the craziest one I saw was uh, this this person who's not among us anymore got off a 40 day fast when the priest in the, when the priest in the service uh, the, the, the spirit of God was moving in there I guess in a certain way you could tell it was kind of a little bit of a wildfire because there was no authority there and the, that person he's, when he started flapping like an eagle on the platform and started started screeching like an eagle that was when I had to say you know this is not right. <laughs> no, I, I was not there for this service. I was watching it on uh, a webcast, but I was like, okay, that is uh, obviously an example of uh, someone who's uh, gotten out of order <laughs> when it comes to that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, gotten too too much. So, anyways. <laughs> so I authority and being in line with biblical authority. Um, is imperative when um, operating in any of the fields or any of yes, the roles um, of the fivefold ministry. So, um, but don't let that, as far as the listeners, don't let that defer you if you feel called. Just make sure 
that and make sure that you are you are you are covered because make no mistake about it when you are and and I think that this is where a lot of people go awry is they find themselves operating and they it's it's and pride pride gets a hold of the heart and here's the deal you know as Nebuchadnezzar is great for instance prideful and God's told him you're going to be out there with like a beast in the field if you don't if you don't come correct dude didn't come correct and where was he <laughs> he was out in the field you know he was in he was living with the animals acting like an animal and you know so it's so it's imperative that we we have that spirit of humility and we are in submission to our spiritual authority and because when you do that, it opens up these incredible spiritual avenues that we will never have access to lest we did, you know, have those things in place. Because you can't, <laughs> you can't operate in the supernatural without a covering. Because if you don't, you are going to fall flat on your face because the spiritual things are, I mean, I'm telling you, they are very, very spiritual, you know, and, and, and we could go into all the other things like, for instance, the gifts of the spirit, you know, they're gifts and some men have more of those gifts than others and operate and, you know, on the occasion will operate in one of those gifts, but same thing, those gifts, they have to still be in submission to the spiritual authority. Because if it's yes. not, you'll find that that train will go off the rails real quick. Yes, <laughs> and I've seen it. I've seen it where people just have absolutely no accountability. They they don't allow anybody to be their uh, their leader, their covering, their their watchman, their shepherd, they just don't allow it. And, you know, they, they'll be in a service where it's a powerful move of God and then there's tongues that go forth and then you're waiting for the interpretation and, brother. <laughs> yeah, something off in left field. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Maybe right. you ought to sit down, sister. Maybe you ought to sit right. down. Bro. Now, now that's not again. That's not to discourage anybody who feels called in a particular service to give the interpretation of a message in tongues. Because if you and here's the thing, whenever I've done it, brother, my heart is like jumping out of my chest, and I'm like, I'm like, oh Lord, have mercy. I'm like, I'm like, this better be right, and I don't want to say anything. And it's like, well, I'll wait. And then I wait, make sure nobody else is going to go. And I wait. Sometimes I miss out and somebody else because God will raise somebody else to do what he wanted you to do. So, you know, it's that spiritual sensitivity that comes through that prayer, comes through that fasting, comes through that connection, comes through that submission to your authority. And when you, when all of those things are in, in line, biblically in line, that's when, that's when we actually operate. In these supernatural functions. 
And so it's nothing that we need to be afraid of, nothing we need to be scared of, nothing we need to really that we should shy away from because it's biblical, it's scriptural, and it's what we ought to operate in as a corporate body. But don't 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 be the self-proclaimed prophet. Don't be the self-proclaimed apostle. Don't be the self-proclaimed pastor. Don't be the, you know, all of these things, they were sent out two by two. They were sent out. Somebody had to send, send them. Barnabas and Paul, the church laid hands on them and sent them. You, 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 this is not a one-man show. And that's a dangerous place to be without a spiritual covering.
you feel like going down to the corner store right now and grabbing a six pack and drinking every single one of them right now, don't you? And he's sitting there and just starts sobbing and falling. And as he says that, he gives him, they, they pray for a little while. They, they, the Holy Ghost comes in that room and he speaks to him again. He says, what you're dealing with right now is a dragon tail. And he said, you're cutting the head off the dragon. And you're cutting the head off of the spirits that have come against those young people in that services. But because you are not covered before you go, because you're not covered before the service, and because you don't allow yourself to be submitted into that covering after the service, the tail of that dragon is coming back and is hitting you on the head, and that and then that and those spirits are coming to, to you. And so he will say to he'll say to it after this uh, after this uh, story that he tells that he'll go in and he'll say after every service, and I've brought this upon, uh, I put this into my practice as well. Uh, it's what I would do is I will pray and I will will ask God I said God I need you to cover me I need you to cover my mind I need you to cover my heart I need you to cover my I need you to cover my my family because if he doesn't if he can't get you he'll go after your family so I call out the name of every single one of my my family members so I call out and I said God protect Morgan uh, my wife God protect her God protect my protect my mom my dad protect uh, protect my in-laws, you know, I, I protect my brother for, or protect my sisters, uh, protect my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law. I ask, you know, for God to cover every single bound of that after this, after the service is in effect. And also is what I pray after that as well, as I go and I say, God, I submit myself under the authority chiefly to you. And secondly, I submit myself to the authority and the, and the, the authority and the apostleship of my pastor and my pastor's wife. I submit myself to that. And I ask you to cover me. And because I'm covered, I plead your blood over me. I plead your blood over my spirit, my family. And I need you to combat off anything that would try to come in and would try to distract me. So that happens every time after I get done preaching a particular uh, service or any time I would go into, especially with one dealing with spiritual warfare, uh, which <laughs> a lot of the services I'm in have to deal with a lot of that, especially here in Brobridge and also when I'm preaching out as well. Um, um, so especially when you're dealing with those kind of avenues, um, even, even, it even can come into effect when you're going into different states, spirits will trail, spirits will trail you. Um, and they'll, they'll, there's a reason why some of these bigger cities and things like that, have a bigger spiritual influence from the demonic side. New Orleans, you step foot on Bourbon Street, you feel like you just are at the gates of hell <laughs> because you can feel it. Every There are people there and there's, th- there's things that have happened there where there is a, there's a certain demonic influence there. When you step on the streets of San Francisco, you can feel that. When you step on the streets of Seattle, Washington, you can feel that. When you're on the streets of New York City, you can feel it. There, there's these spirits are trailing these people and they're almost attaching themselves. But we as apostolics, what we're the threat. The people that those spirits are on aren't the threat. But we are the threat and because of who is in our corner and because of the authority that we possess and because of the angels that accompany us. Because the angels that accompany us and the, the spiritual authority that we possess is greater than what they are. So if they could find any way infiltrate or try to get in or try to try to distract or deter then they're going to come in and they're going to try to do that the best illustration that i can bring up in scripture 
is that when Jesus and uh, Peter, James, and John were on the Mount of Transfiguration and and this amazing supernatural event happens, Jesus is lighting up like a light bulb and and, and Moses and Elijah are there and they're talking and, and, there's this, and there's just an incredible moment that takes place. Well, immediately after that Mount of Transfiguration, once they get to the bottom of that mountain, there's a devil sitting there waiting on all of them, to, all four of them, um, at that particular moment. And that so often will happen is that after a big high, after a camp meeting, after a conference, after you get done preaching, after a certain scenario, you may have cut the head off that dragon. But without proper spiritual authority and covering and allowing God to completely take over your mind, because you're doing two things. Number one, you're allowing spiritual authority to work how it's supposed to work. Number two, you're bringing yourself down. You're bringing, you mentioned that pride aspect of it. So you're bringing yourself down and you're saying, God, I cannot do this on my own. This is all you flowing through me. I am your vessel. I don't want to be someone who's going to be tainted or someone. I want to be my most effective in this. So God, I need you to cover me and I submit myself to you and also to my spiritual authority as well. Um, so that's just a little, little side note there that, uh, something that I found useful, um, you know, throughout uh, my ministry and also things that have been taught down to me. And I can tell you it's made all the difference in the world, um, you know, going through different scenarios. Um, you know, after after someone, after I'd get through preaching, I'd feel worthless, <laughs> you know, and like you like didn't do any good at all. And thankfully it wasn't how Billy Cole treated uh, uh, Brother Jack Cunningham um, after Brother Billy Cole, right when Brother Cunningham was first starting out, Brother Cunningham tells the story. Um, but right when Brother Cunningham was first starting out in preaching, Brother Cole, um, they were doing a crusade together. Uh, Brother Cole was his uncle. Um, so they were uh, in a particular service, and Brother Cole feels to give Brother Cunningham the mic and said, Brother Cunningham, you're preaching tonight. Uh, you know, and so Cunningham's like, What? Like, I've never done any of this before. And they're like, can you? I can't even believe any of this. And it's like, this, I, I'm, you're, you're the apostle. You're the bishop. There's so many other men of God. It's like, no, nope, God told me you're the man. You're the man tonight, Brother Cunningham. <laughs> and so he goes and he delivers the word of God and Brother Cunningham. And there's people who get the Holy Ghost, people get miracles, but he feels that it's not as good as he thought it could have been. So they're in the car after the service is concluded, and Brother Cunningham is just in tears. Um, and and Brother Cunningham and Brother Cole's in the front seat. Brother uh, Cunningham is in the back, and uh, Brother uh, Brother Cunningham is saying, "So, uh, Uncle Billy, I'm so sorry. I I, I could have done a better job tonight. I can't believe all that happened. You know, coming from a place of sincerity, uh, what he thought, um, you know, and and going coming from a place of you know asking, uh, you know, for forgiveness for he felt like it could have been better if you would have picked somebody else." Brother Cole whips around faster than the speed of light, points his finger in his face, says, I rebuke that prideful and arrogant spirit. And Brother Cunningham is just plastered back in that seat of that car, just can't even believe what just took place. He's like genuinely feeling bad and just starts bursting out in tears. And Brother Cole says, when you take the credit when it goes wrong, you'll take the credit when it goes right. And that completely changed his ministry. Uh, in regards to it's not us who does a thing we are vessels we are oracles that god uses instruments that god flows through um so that 
you know, that, that the supernatural can come forth. Now, God has given different levels of spiritual authority to people. Um, I will say that, obviously, you know, someone like Brother Bernard is not is obviously has more authority uh, to use a to use a, a organizational uh, example. Brother David Bernard is going to have more authority than, for example, Brother uh, Brother Weber, uh, who's a, who's our su- superintendent here in Louisiana. Um, from an organizational standpoint. So obviously there's more authority that's been given to certain individuals. Uh, but at the same time, when it all comes down to, we're on the same team and we're all, we're only trying to do what God has called us to do in our particular role. Uh, and, and God will lead you and guide you, you know, if you have that proper spiritual authority in the line. Amen. Well, Brother Dobson, this has been, this has been a, a blessing. This has been informative. This has been just, absolutely incredible um getting ready to close out what is one thing that you want the listeners they've listened this far but one thing you want them to walk away from this episode hearing i would say that yeah it is up to us as the last i I believe that our generation is going to see the coming of the lord um it is, it is, we are the generation, we are that double portion generation in, in, the, in, a, in a relational sense, I guess you could say that Elijah had the mantle, but Elisha had the double portion of the mantle, but Elisha didn't pay the same price that Elijah did, but Elisha still got the mantle and he got, not only did he get that, but he got a double portion. We are in the generation where we are going to see that the rain and the harvest comes seven times greater than the former. So we're going to be able to go into things where, as Brother James Silver, where it's Brother, uh, Brother Kenneth Haney, Brother G.A. Mangan, where these pioneers paved the way for us to go into these dimensions in these areas. It is not going to be as difficult for us to go to those levels. But that does not mean that it's going to take any less amount of sacrifice. It, you may not, it may not take the same kind of sacrifice, but it will take a significant level of sacrifice. Because at the end of the day, we have to decrease and he has to increase. We, can pay, we have to take what our elders have given us and take what the scripture has laid out in, in the Bible and, and have the fivefold ministry in effect. And then I feel the Holy Ghost right now saying this too. And that we have to take that dimension and we have to go further with what they gave us. We have to see the supernatural happen in this last day. And we will see it. We will see it. In Jesus' name, we are going to see a, a, a harvest that we have never seen before. Hallelujah. And it's going to be just a supernatural realm of the Holy Ghost that's going to take over in a in a remarkable fashion. But we have got to allow ourselves to be in alignment with spiritual authority, but at the same time, we have got to be the pro people who can step out of the boat, who can do things like this, who can go and go and do avenues that aren't technic that aren't really the traditional avenue who, you know, having these type of conversations in these moments, but we,
we have got to allow God to be God, to move into services. And we cannot allow ourselves to take the credit, but we've got to take what the elders have given us, what's been laid out in scripture, it's been clearly preached and prophesied to this generation, and we have got to take it and move it forward. This thing's good. This thing's going to wrap up, and we're the people God's going to use to bring it to come to pass. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.